I think um, one of the first things I would say would be learn about your condition as much as possible. It can be very overwhelming. Um, and it was very overwhelming for me too. I mean, there were days where I was like, why is this happening to me? Uh, you know, you just can't even focus. So if you need to work with someone, then, you know, invest in yourself and invest in your health. Um, so first and foremost, you want to learn about your condition because you want to make sure that you're knowledgeable enough about it and you're knowledgeable enough about the treatment options that your doctors want to prescribe. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe, the place to learn about how to navigate the healthcare system and understand health in plain language. I'm your host, Nikita Boston-Fisher, a health educator with a passion for meeting people where they are. Today's guest is Ms. Laura Ibragimova. Laura is a women's health coach who specializes in reproductive health disorders. She came by the cafe to share her endometriosis story with us. So grab your warm drink and let's get to the episode. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Uh, my name is Laura Ibragimova. I am the founder of Island Sea Yoga. It is a wellness practice dedicated to helping people create a much more healthier lifestyle. Um, and we specialize in chronic reproductive health disorders, um, chronic illnesses, and just helping women with learning more about their bodies. Why did you pick this area of interest? Well, I have a background in health and nutrition and health sciences and also a master's in public health policy. So being in the health arena has kind of been, you know, the bulk of my adult life. But where I developed so much more of a passion for women's health and reproductive health in particular is because I was diagnosed with endometriosis in my early 20s. And I spent years going, you know, from doctor to doctor trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And then when I was finally diagnosed, it was not necessarily the easiest um, experience either. I really felt like it was the start of my journey because I had only been diagnosed and then told that I, I just need to be on medication, but not really given much more information beyond that. And a lot of the treatment options that the doctors were offering me really wasn't the most helpful either. It was just causing a lot of negative side effects, both mentally and physically. And I wanted more answers. And when things just started to kind of snowball with me and my health started to decline, I realized that I really need to take control of my health because it's not just affecting me physically, mentally, but also in other areas of my life, professionally, uh, in my relationships. And, you know, without a healthy mind, body and spirit, I learned that everything in life is so much more difficult to overcome. And so I realized that, the, you know, this is just part of my journey and um, it's an opportunity for me to not just help myself, but also help others. That's awesome. Could you tell us what endometriosis is in case anyone listening doesn't know? Yes. So it's a complex inflammatory disease of the reproductive organs where tissue similar to the endometrial lining of the uterus finds itself outside of the uterus and pockets itself in the abdominal cavity. It's typically labeled as a hormonal imbalance. However, new research shows that it's actually an immunodeficiency tied to your gut microbiome, where 80% of your immune system is developed. It feeds off of excess estrogen in the bloodstream, which causes the lesions, cysts, and scar tissue to form on the abdominal wall and the different organs, um, where that leads to significant amount of pain and discomfort. One in 10 women are diagnosed with this disease worldwide, but because it takes an average of eight to 10 years to reach a diagnosis, I personally believe that that number is a lot higher. 
the way it's diagnosed is through a laparoscopic procedure, which is surgery, where doctors will remove the endometrial adhesions on top of the organs um, and biopsy the tissue to confirm that it is endometriosis. And from there, doctors will prescribe hormone therapy or birth control. I actually am hearing that for the first time that um, gut health or microbiome, like I've never heard that one before. So I'm curious to explore that. But could you tell us what was your path today? Like. Yeah, so my journey was certainly very rocky and also very confusing. I was diagnosed in my early 20s and I had been experiencing what I now understand to be symptoms um, since early puberty. I didn't have the typical symptoms, so I think that's important to caveat there is that there's some stereotypical symptoms that people describe, very painful, heavy periods, um, nausea, vomiting, and all that kind of stuff. My symptoms were much more mild. Um, I did have heavy periods, um, but I also had a lot of digestive problems that started from the age of like nine, I was, as early as nine that I can remember. And I had visited many doctors, uh, mostly gastroenterologists, um, to learn more about what's going on with me and what I should do there. Um, and then I just at one point noticed that I had this very persistent but dull pain in my right lower pelvic area. It was kind of a nagging pain. And so I finally just decided to get it checked out because I honestly didn't think it was anything that serious. But, you know, I, I remember reading this book about the body and about health um, and nutrition, and it said that pain is never normal. Um, and that's a sign from your body saying that you really need to get something checked out. So that was ringing in my head at the time. And I was like, it's probably nothing, but let me go check it out. So we did a sonogram and my doctor saw a complex cyst. At, at that time, I was around like 24 so my doctor saw a complex cyst, which is a dark fluid-filled cyst on my right ovary. And from there, I went through the process of meeting with surgeons and endocrinologists and finally getting diagnosed through laparoscopy. And even after that, I was still pretty in the dark about my diagnosis and what it meant for my health and my future. Um, and what I learned pretty painfully from that experience is that your medical care really is only one part of the journey. There's so much more that um, you need to do outside of your medical care, you know, holistically through your nutrition, through your stress management in order to balance your hormones. And that a lot of the treatment really relies more on you and if you're willing and how much you're really willing to advocate um, for yourself. So it sounds like you were right there in that wide time frame that you gave of sometimes seven to nine years for a diagnosis. Yeah. So in my case, as early as puberty, right? So I got my period at the age of 11 and I started feeling digestive issues around 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So yeah, by the time I was diagnosed, I was around 24. So a good 14 years. I think a lot of it has to do with not knowing how to navigate the system, being a child, not knowing about my menstrual health, what that means for me, you know, not learning about it until you're actually hit with a condition. Mm -hmm. So what have you learned about advocating for yourself in the healthcare setting? So it's a very vulnerable position that a person with a chronic illness or a painful condition um, is experiencing because we view doctors as very, you know, like above us. Like, of course, they're experts on you know medicine and the whole system, right? But what I've learned as well, at least in the U.S., is that your medical care is highly dependent upon, you know, the, the doctor you're seeing, their knowledge level of the particular condition that you have, in this case, um, endometriosis, which is a highly understudied condition. Um, so a lot of doctors actually are not fully aware of how to properly treat it. It's also dependent on the doctor's business model, your insurance policy, and, you know, so many other factors that are working against you, right? So that's where a lot of people don't 
really don't really understand. In addition, um, we're not really trained to learn about our bodies. We're not really trained to learn about chronic diseases. We're trained to learn about whatever skill we're looking to go into. And then we focus on other areas of our lives. So we don't, even when a lot of us are diagnosed, we don't really have a full grasp of what our conditions mean. And when we go to the doctor, they diagnose us, they give us a treatment plan, they prescribe medication. And then they say, this is like your new reality. You have to take this medication for the rest of your life because this is the way your body's functioning now. And that's kind of what was happening to me. And I just, it really didn't sit well with me. And I didn't want to go through what typically ends up happening is that if it's really severe, which it was in my case, that doctors will prescribe a partial hysterectomy or a full hysterectomy, which is removing all of the reproductive organs because they believe that that's going to eliminate the triggering of the hormones that cause the condition. Well, I actually ended up joining a support group and talking to a lot of women and reading a lot of case studies and scenarios of different women who had those types of procedures. And they actually told me, um, and you know, what I learned from them was that none of those procedures had a positive return on investment. Their endometriosis came back, which is an important note to have that endometriosis has a high recurrent rate, recurrence rate even after surgery. And so I didn't think that it was appropriate for me to have such an aggressive procedure when it wasn't going to cure me, you know, and things were going to come back and I was going to have to go through the process again. So that's when I realized that I wasn't talking to doctors that had my best interests in mind. And I'm still a reproductive age. I haven't had children yet and I do want them. So I didn't think that, you know, they were being fair to my future goals. So that's where I decided that it's really important for me to get into the research and learn all of this about this condition and, you know, try to figure out a way to heal myself if possible. Now, there's no cure. You know, there's no known cure for endometriosis. And I'm not advocating that, you know, I can cure anyone. But I do think that it's really important for people to know about their condition and be able to talk talk to doctors in a way where they fully understand what they're going through. So that way, you know, you're talking to a knowledgeable doctor. Do you have an example of how advocating for yourself at the doctor has helped you? Yeah. So I was able to tell doctors whether or not I wanted to go forward with a certain protocol or certain medication. They had offered either surgery, which I said no to, because I didn't think that that was going to be the best solution for me. And it was really going to blunt my fertility, but also some of the internal organs. I had already gone through a surgery prior and it's contraindicated to have multiple surgeries because that's just going to affect your internal well-being and your organs. Mm -hmm. So I said no there. Um, and then they tried to offer some other medications, which I did significant research on, which not only affect your bone density and nutrient, you know, um, resources in your body, but also your mental health. And I said, I don't want to suffer with that either. So we have to find another way. Um, and so we found a different type of medication that would help me. Um, and so I went along with that, which has way less symptoms. Um, they all have some side effects and symptoms, but less than what some of the really heavy duty medication they were prescribing at first. Was it hard for you to say no? Yeah, I remember I was when I was talking to one of my first doctors, I mean, the, as soon as she started talking about a hysterectomy or a partial hysterectomy, I just started crying. Like I didn't even let her finish her sentence. Like I just like started bawling hysterically and I was I wasn't normal for like a good 24 hours after that. Like I just kept getting really emotional. I cried the entire way home. I mean, it's a very vulnerable process going through such a hurtful condition. It's like, it hurts you on a physical level, but also an emotional and spiritual level. And, um, you know, when doctors prescribe such 
aggressive therapies. It's like, but what does this mean for my future? Like you see your whole life kind of crashing before you. And yeah, it was a very painful experience. So then what do you think helped you to be brave and then speak up for yourself to say, no, I don't think this is the course of action I want to pursue? So I had still felt like, okay, if surgery is going to be the right course of action for me, let me make sure that I'm doing the best that I can right now in between now and finding the right doctor for me because I I had known that at that point that you know having spoken to people that that wasn't going to be the best thing for me and that you also have to find a doctor who is a specialist in endometriosis and excision specialist Uh, I didn't want to go through the whole process again because my first doctor had only done ablation which is kind of just burning the top layer of the endometriosis but you're not excising it and it has its own blood supply it's a very very resilient disease. So I just started to do more research and I felt like, okay, in the meantime, until I find the right doctor, let me focus on learning more about the condition and learning more about some more supplements that I can take, upgrading my nutrition, improving my sleep quality and my stress management, because at least that's something that I have control in. And then I, you know, as soon as I feel more up for it, then I can start working with doctors again. So what were some of the natural remedies that you have found to deal with your pain? Because I remember in your intro, you said that you want to help um, folks with chronic conditions deal with them naturally. Yes. So um, all of the stuff that I started learning about, I made sure to go into clinical studies. Now, again, none of them are necessarily a cure, but they do have anti-proliferative, which means stopping the spread and anti-inflammatory properties that really can help with reducing the inflammation because the condition is an inflammatory condition. Um, You want to kind of minimize that as much as possible so that your body can start focusing on healing. So first things I did was eliminate sugar from my diet and change the way that I eat first thing in the morning. So I started to eat fat and protein first um, and not eating anything carbohydrates, which is like a typical American or Western breakfast, which is like cereals or bread or bagels. So eliminating any carbohydrates and starting with a fat or a protein, which will prevent spiking of the blood sugar. Other things I did was I incorporated anti-inflammatory supplements. And this is something that you, of course, you want to talk to your doctor about to make sure it doesn't contraindicate any medications that you're on. And, you know, you want to make sure you're staying safe here. But N-acetylcysteine was one of the first supplements that I incorporated. There's a study um, on using that supplement that helps support liver health for women with endometriosis. And that actually showed that it reduced the endometriosis in a good number of those women. Um, about eight women were able to fall pregnant afterwards. And then I started taking protolytic enzymes and digestive enzymes to help with improving my digestive process. And then the protolytic enzymes help to break down proteins in the body, which is what scar tissue is made of. And that actually helped to reduce more inflammation around the adhesions that had formed and also to shrink some of the cysts that had formed as well. But the probiotic enzymes, sorry, was that a supplement or was that some research to see which foods contain those types of enzymes? Those were supplements. Supplements, okay. So serapeptase and natokinase um, were the two main ones that I'm taking right now. And was that something that you're able to buy yourself or you had to find somebody to prescribe it for you? No, they're over the counter. Um, serapeptase you can get um, at your health food store um, or on Amazon. Uh, natto kinase, you can also get that at a health food store and on uh, Amazon, but natto has been naturally, it's like um, made with soy. So the, uh, you just have to make sure that you find one that doesn't have soy in it because soy has estrogen properties. You want to minimize your estrogen intake because this is an estrogen dominant disease. What do you know today that you wish you knew before? 
relates to your journey on this disease. How much nutrition plays a role in your gut health and how much your gut health plays a role in the triggering of this disease. Because there is a cluster of bacteria in your gut health called the estrobilum, which is designed to metabolize excess estrogen in your body and then help with eliminating it. Because endometriosis is an estrogen-dominant disease and I was suffering with digestive issues, I was just having um, estrogen dominance recirculating through my bloodstream for, for weeks until I was finally able to have a bowel movement um, and then having that ha- compounded over years. So if I had known how important your digestive health was when it came to any chronic illness, but specifically endometriosis, I would have been so much more vigilant about it. What would you tell a newly diagnosed person? So much. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. I think um, one of the first things I would say would be learn about your condition as much as possible. It can be very overwhelming. Um, and it was very overwhelming for me too. I mean, there were days where I was like, why is this happening to me? Uh, you know, you just can't even focus. So if you need to work with someone, then, you know, invest in yourself and invest in your health. Um, so first and foremost, you want to learn about your condition because you want to make sure that you're knowledgeable enough about it and you're knowledgeable enough about the treatment options that your doctors want to prescribe for you. I would also recommend to get a support group and talk to women who are going through what you're going through so you can learn from their experience because they will tell you what they wish they had known or what their experience was and what they wish they hadn't agreed to with their doctors. And then I would say, you know, you have so much more control in your situation than you think you do. Endometriosis is really painful, but there are a lot of ways that nutrition, stress management, incorporating more joy and positivity in your life can really help to manage your symptoms, balancing out those stress hormones, boosting the progesterone that you need to balance out the estrogen, and just overall creating, you know, more balance in your life. So I'd say those are maybe my top three that I would tell a newly diagnosed person. Is the pain linked to the gut health as well? Like improving your gut health will help with the pain? Yeah. So the pain is because of the inflammation and also the adhesions that can fix themselves onto the organs or onto nerve endings. I mean, the pain can also come from the different nerve, you know, nerve pain in the body because the organs will feel suffocated from the adhesions and the scar tissue formation. So Yes, it's also because of the inflammation as well, because again, these are foreign uh, objects that are surrounding themselves in places where they shouldn't be. And the body just has a natural understanding that, you know, what's meant to be there, what's not meant to be there, and it'll start to attack it. But the the chronic inflammation will just lead to more pain. Um, In addition, a lot of women with endometriosis suffer with gut health issues and something called leaky gut syndrome, which is... Basically, the the lining of your gut health or the lining of your digestive tract, there's like holes and ulcers in it. And that leads to food particles and bacteria exiting and causing inflammation as well. So that's where a lot of the bloating will come in, the nausea, the, the digestive problems. So it's it's all connected. Whenever the body doesn't feel right, pain is, you know, one of its signals. So if someone's listening and thinking, gee, how do I know if my microbiome is healthy or if my gut is healthy? What's a quick way to know? It sounds like there's some symptoms, but is it possible to have a sick gut without symptoms? There's always some level of symptoms in my experience. So if you're not dealing with constipation or diarrhea, which are like two extremes, then you could be dealing with other issues. Like you can be having um, bloating, gas, 
acid reflux, indigestion when you're eating certain foods because your body isn't really able to handle those foods. Um, and it can also be other things that are not necessarily related to the food. Um, it could be brain fog. It could be irritability. It could be um, anxiety, mood disorders, mood swings. So there's really a lot that um, the gut is responsible for in the body. So if you don't have a healthy gut, then you know you could be experiencing a variety of symptoms that aren't necessarily tied to a specific condition. And that's part of the problem why a lot of people don't get the right diagnosis at the right time. How do I know if my pain is endo-related or if it's normal? Because hmm. you know we have this perception that it's normal to have painful periods. So how can people? So I think that that's really an important narrative that we need to turn around because painful periods are not normal. How do you know that you might have endometriosis? The current standard is to diagnose it through a laparoscopic procedure. There are some tests that are coming about that you can do like some sort of blood tests, but um, I don't know if that's widespread enough yet. The best way to check is your fifth vital sign, which is your menstrual period. Uh, You want to kind of start tracking your symptoms that you have around when you're getting your period. In fact, you might want to even track them throughout the entire month, how you're feeling, particularly when you're ovulating, if you're starting to feel a lot of pain, bloating, nausea, and fatigue in that time frame, then you're likely dealing with some sort of hormonal imbalance. You can also have painful, heavy periods if you have PCOS. You can have PCOS and endometriosis. You can have different disorders together. Um, But if we're speaking strictly about endometriosis right now, you want to look at your period when it's coming? Is it really heavy? And do you notice blood, like thick blood clots or any blood clots really in your period, in your blood? In that case, you know that you do have some level of estrogen dominance and likely uh, are, are at risk for endometriosis. And that's something you'd want to talk to your doctor about. Are there any myths or misconceptions that you feel are necessary to dispel when it comes to endometriosis? Yes. So a lot of women will say that, you know, when they talk to their doctors, a lot of them are dismissed early on in their conversations with their doctors until they finally find the right doctor. So like we mentioned just now, painful periods are not normal. Heavy, long periods with clots are not normal. And pain as being a woman or the plight of being a woman is to live a painful life is not normal. And we need to change that narrative. As it relates to the diagnosis itself, Based on my research and my understanding of the condition, now learning that it is an immunodeficiency tied to gut health and gut dysbiosis, I believe that hormone imbalance is really a symptom and a manifestation of the condition and that healing areas of your gut can actually help to minimize some of the symptoms. Now, it's already been triggered in the system and your body's going to remember it and you always want to be cautious thereafter. But working on your boosting your immune system and boosting your gut health is a really great place to start. And that's also something that needs to be factored into your treatment plan when you're working with your doctors. How can you boost your immune system or your gut health? So the first step that I would tell someone is to get um, a stool test just because you want to see what is the status of your gut right now. Um, are you bleeding in your gut? Um, what is the health of your stool? Can they figure out you know, what the imbalances are, because they can check all of that kind of stuff. And there are labs they can do it for you. And some doctors can prescribe that test for you as well. You can also, if you want to pay out of pocket, can do it with some labs that are open for that. So checking the health of your stool first, you might want to do a full panel of blood tests to check your hormone levels as well, and then work on incorporating an anti-inflammatory diet to improve your, you know, 
to, well, to minimize the inflammation in your system, to rebalance your gut, to clear, to close up the gut, the leaky gut syndrome and, you know, repair your gut lining and also to maybe start taking prebiotics and probiotics. Although there are foods that you can take that um, can support that good gut health balance or good bacteria in your body as well. So really learning how to incorporate these holistic nutritional positive habits into your life, as well as getting good sleep because sleep is an active restoration process and poor sleep actually affects your hormone balance and your gut health. So making sure that you're getting good restorative quality sleep, sleep early. Yeah. Like changing up your environment as well to create more positivity, spending more time in nature, those types of things actually really help with minimizing inflammation, balancing the gut as well. Nice. Thinking back to when you started in introducing yourself, you mentioned that having endometriosis was challenging and had an impact on your life. No, that's you. You're living it. Tell me then, what do you want non-endo sufferers to know? How can you help them understand this? Well, because a lot of the symptoms are affected by the amount of stress that you have, which again, going back into the physiology of hormones, if you're dealing with a lot of stress in your life, then you have spikes in your cortisol levels. Now, cortisol and progesterone, which is needed to balance out the estrogen in your body, come from the same mother hormone. If you're living a more stressful life, then your body is going to prioritize cortisol development over progesterone development. So just, I would think that like, be mindful of other people around you. Um, Don't try to stress other people out and also be aware that this is really a debilitating condition. Um, It causes a lot of fatigue. It causes a lot of pain. It's not just a heavy period. It's a very, it's actually can get very dangerous for some people. Um, So I would advise that other people, especially if you are living with somebody who has endometriosis, that you also educate yourself about the condition and become more of a support system for the person in your life. Awesome. I like that. Don't stress other people out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why would you do that? That's a great message for everyone. And as we wrap up, do you have any closing thoughts or anything else you'd like to share that you think is really important for folks to know when it comes to either living with endometriosis or supporting someone who has it? If you're living with endometriosis, you've been recently diagnosed or, you know, you've been dealing with it for many years and you're just not finding a proper balance in your life. I think one of the best things that you can do is to start being proactive about your health and realizing that, you know, it's not also don't define yourself by your endometriosis. And I think that's a good mindset shift to start with, because a lot of times once we're diagnosed with something we, we identify with it and we think, oh, what does this mean for our future? And now everyone's going to kind of see me differently, or I don't want to let other people know about my condition because I don't want them to treat me differently. So I think it's really important that start being really proactive about your condition because it is a progressive condition. And if you don't minimize the effects of it, then it's just going to grow and exacerbate over time. Um, so make sure you're working with the right doctors, make sure you're improving your nutrition, your stress levels your environment around you and really learning, keeping up to date with the condition as much as possible. And if you need a health coach, I'm here for you. Tell me, how do people get in touch with you? What are the services you offer and how can they find you if they want to work with you? Yeah, I, um, you can find me by Googling my name. You can find me on pretty much across all social media platforms uh, at, you know, Laura Ibrahimova or at my business account um, at Island Seat Yoga, I-L-Y-N-S-I underscore yoga. 
And uh, in terms of the services that I offer, I offer one-on-one coaching for women with a chronic reproductive health disorder. I help you really learn about your condition. I train you on the different ways that you can improve your lifestyle and develop a self-care routine that keeps up with your daily demands and your physical needs. And I also try to empower you to learn more about yourself and your body and your needs so that you can advocate for yourself with your doctors and your support system. I also offer group coaching as well. And then I have a 15-day Heal Your Gut, Heal Your Life Challenge, which really focuses on improving your gut health so that you can improve your overall immune system um, and overall life. Uh, And then, you know, I offer a lot of free advice uh, through my social media platform. So they can definitely follow me there, um, connect with me, DM me anytime. And then I also offer some free workshops. So I'm all over the place and I'm happy to help. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Laura, for being a guest at the Good Health Cafe and sharing your knowledge with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope that this was a value add for you and for your audience. And I really am passionate about spreading the awareness and, you know, spreading the message about the importance of mind-body health. So thank you so much for having me today. This was awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Some of the key takeaways were to become knowledgeable about your condition, whatever your condition is, joining a support group, and recognize that you have a little bit more power than you think you do. Before I say farewell, I wanted to let you know that in the show notes, there is a link to download a free medication tracker. If you'd like to have one, I have created one for you because as you've heard many times on the Good Health Cafe, keeping track of your medications is something that we should all be doing. And second of all, I encourage you to join our mailing list so you can find out when the Good Health Cafe Lounge starts. It's going to be starting in April. Join our mailing list to express your interest and have all the information when it comes available so that you can join our lounge and you can also be up to date on all the other happenings at the cafe. Of course, if you have any questions, you know where to find me, our website, thegoodhealthcafe.com, or on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. You can also send a message via our website. Until next time, see you in the cafe later. Bye.